Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian, and this is uh, Two Shades of Brown, episode... Episode 13. 13. Yeah. Lucky 13. Um, today we're starting off with our uh, with, with the operating system, Windows 10, uh, which just had a major update come out uh, called the uh, Creators Update. Uh, Microsoft's running out of names. I, I, I'm it, for, it is really... Just call yeah. them service packs at this point. I don't... Creators Update, what, what does that even mean? Um, I guess the branding is uh, they're trying to focus on creative stuff with like the 3D paint stuff or the uh, VR. Is this, I don't think the VR stuff is in there yet. But the VR stuff you have to activate in dev mode, and you can only get like a little dev tooling for it. That's I don't even so I don't. They hinted at it, and they killed some features too. You remember how like in the October event they showed off like you could have like circles of people, right? Like sort of like a stories like style feature. You can send yeah. them stuff. That was completely axed. I don't know if it got delayed or not, but I was completely killed. It's weird. So the update has, uh, let's see, the first big feature. So if you if you play video games, uh, you'll notice right away is uh, the game bar and game mode, uh, which is uh, game bar is uh, is like um, if you use Nvidia uh, GeForce Experience, you get stuff like Shadow Play. And game bar is basically built into Windows. Uh, you can do recording, you can do uh, broadcasting to Beam, yep. uh, and stuff like that. And game mode, uh, which is uh, which... it's interesting, right? Because it's like, so if you if you if any of you know how the Xbox One works, it's there's one regular Windows system, and then there's like two virtualized ones running on top of it. Yeah. And it, so when when you load a game on the Xbox, it completely it just hops into one of those. Virtualized systems that throws all the resources towards it to make the game run as smooth as possible. And the Windows implementation isn't as advanced, but it boosts, it'll pull back every uh, resources on all of the background tasks and just push things towards the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, what it does is basically give the threads, like the game processes, uh, more affinity on the processors, uh, minimize the background tasks' uh, affinity on the processors. So basically, most of your resources are focused on on the game itself. So this is good, especially for people with uh, mid to lower spec uh, PCs. And if you're trying to run like a, a very heavy game, a AAA heavy game, yep. you might want you might want this because you want you want to minimize as much as possible. So if you have like Chrome running, if you have like Spotify or something running, uh, you you want to rather than closing them down, you just want to minimize the effect they have uh, on the game. Yeah, this is good for, like, computers with less core systems, right? Because if you have, like, a bunch of, like, eight-core or four-core systems, then then the games plus the background tasks are pretty much running on their own cores, and they're pretty well-threaded. But if you're running a dual-core system, everything's just kind of all bundled together. So it's it's harder for you to get more performance out of that while running with the background tasks. I think this is a good feature. Uh, I want to see how how much uh, game developers implement some support for it perhaps or uh, more games will work well with this because uh, mid to lower spec systems it's really like you want that few frames to get like to 60 frames per second uh, stable 60 uh, it's it's good stuff basically uh, if this makes League of Legends run better then we know the, the features I mean League of Legends is, is pretty low key as a game like it's, it runs pretty well on low end systems but I, I've wanted to put in money that most people who play League of Legends play on like $400 HP laptops a huge fan. yeah definitely I've seen all kinds of machines running uh, League of Legends and it runs it just fine 
uh, it scales really well, which is which is good. Yeah. Uh, like if if you're running like a game of Overwatch or uh, Overwatch or some other maybe Battlefield one. Uh, on a lower to mid mid spec PC, you might want this because you might want to get those extra frames in because yeah, frames are good in first person shooters. Yep. Uh, moving on from the game gaming related stuff, there's um, Edge. There's new Edge features uh, for Microsoft Edge the browser. Um, there's tab pre- previews, I think. So um, if you um if you ever use the Windows eight point one Metro browser, oh God, Microsoft can't name things. <laughs> that not, because there's IE on the desktop in Windows 8, and then mm-hmm. you went to Metro mode, and there was another version IE which didn't share tabs or anything. It was a whole mess. But basically, yeah. if you swiped in from the top of the screen, it would have like these really nice tab previews, and navigation navigating between them was really nice. So they basically brought that to Windows um, 10. So there's a button mm-hmm. in Edge that expand the tabs. If you ever yeah. used Opera. It's, it's like that. Not, not new opera owned by the Chinese company, but good opera with tab stacking and all those fun features. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's a little some really nice It's features. a little bit of that being brought to it, and I like it. Mm. And also, yeah. another good opera feature from the old opera is set-aside tabs, which is basically you can, if you're like me and you have at least 140 tabs open at one time, <laughs> you can throw some tabs into a separate area, sort of how like Firefox used to have that feature, where there's yeah. like a bit of a window manager, but for tabs. And yes. so it's a lighter version of that. Yeah. What I've seen of it, it's a very good implementation of it, very, very flexible. Uh, it's, they're, they're surfacing it in the UI well, so it's, it's not going to be unused. Which was the problem with the Firefox uh, feature? Yeah, they it, removed the feature because uh, I don't even remember what it was called. Uh, Rory, it being even A, I think. Yeah, I remember it when I it first hit nightlies, but in Firefox you had to hit the like menu button, another button. Yeah. It, was, it was at least three button presses before you got. Yeah, the it was very hidden. Yeah, there was a certain group of people who were very mad when the feature got removed because, uh, but their their justification was because nobody was using it, which was the side effect of it not being surfaced. If you, yeah, if you don't service a feature, no one's going to use it. <laughs> but there's um, also an ebook reader now in Edge, which is yeah. kind of weird. I, I think it'd be better if Microsoft just made their own like preview app. Yeah, I think if Microsoft wanted to do PDFs and EPUBs, they should make a separate Windows 10. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I get why you put it in the browser because you already have the rendering engine and it's just one less yeah, that's app. True. But I feel yeah. like breaking that out into a smaller app would probably yeah, be definitely. better, especially since yeah. ebooks don't even support annotation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, definitely like a PDF because PDFs are complex uh, documents and. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to run PDFs in my browser. Even though PDFs, the PDF reader in Chrome is actually very safe. It's uh, sandboxed very well. Uh, I'm sure Chrome, uh, Edge is also sandboxing the PDF reader uh, very well. Uh, I just feel like separating it out would make it a better experience overall. Yep. And it uh, also uh, it would decoup um, security updates from the update cycle of the browser. Yeah, that's that's also true. Yeah. So let's see. There's also the uh, a clone of Apple Payments, right? A web payments API. Click the run yep. flash by default. Most mm. importantly, full color emoji, which for God knows <laughs> why, Microsoft is not supported until 2017. Now, mind you, there has been full color emoji in Windows since Windows 8. It's just not in uh, not in Edge. Yeah, and right? a patch brought it to Windows 7. But it, but for some weird reason, Chrome nor Ed, or Internet Explorer nor no, actually, Internet Explorer had full color emoji back at Windows 8.1. If you ran it in Metro, I'm pretty sure. It was like some weird variables like to get full color emoji, but um, it's it's now an actual thing. Yeah. Also, the 
LCD install has been sort of redesigned uh, entirely, really. Um, oh yeah, it's a new like yeah. sort of like Cortana assisted setup. It's really nice. Yeah, you can you can use Cortana to do basic uh, install tasks, and the the privacy settings screen has also been revamped entirely, which is just good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 uh, it, it gives you all the options uh, up front, and it doesn't hide the stuff, which is good. And there's a bunch of FAQs that are really detailed on Microsoft's website detailing yeah. what every bit of privacy telemetry data that they collect is and why they collect it, which is also really yep. good. Yep. Um, they also uh, added some uh, changes to Windows Defender, so Windows Defender is, uh, is, is, is better now. It's, it's basically doing some more telemetry, I think. That's what it says. Uh, but there's a new dashboard uh, you can take a look at. It's like family options and stuff like that. Well, it's what they essentially did. I'm pretty sure it does mostly more of the same things. Of course, there's always security improvements and such. But it's making it easier for folks who do not read Ars Technica and who do not follow InfoSec people on Twitter to understand what exactly is happening. Basically, yeah. they just like read a bunch of the copy in the UI, which is always important. That is important, yes. That's true. Um, I, I found uh, I haven't used any a- other antivirus other than uh, Windows Defender. Uh, yeah, for years at this point. Pro tip, use Windows in the year of our Lord 2017. You don't really need antivirus. Like, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that don't pay for antivirus and just use what's built into Windows. And um, yeah. if you're going to... Just, just if, use a bit of common sense on yeah, things. Yeah, and if you're, yeah. you're going to um, watch dirty or go to bad sites, uh, use a virtual machine. Yeah, uh, yeah. please use a virtual machine. With Windows XP, you know, because we, we all want honeypots in our computers. <laughs> uh, also, the other stuff... Uh, they updated the apps like Maps, which I don't think anybody uses. I don't know if anybody uses Maps. Um, I use uh, Maps because, well, on Windows, I guess it's not as important, but on like Mac OS, right, you could just push stuff to your phone. So, cool. like, if I'm going to go somewhere, I can look on my computer and then just send it to my phone. So, when I pull out my oh, phone, yeah. it's, the directions are already loaded. Yeah. They also added Paint 3D, which is the only creators thing that I've seen. Yeah, it's the only thing that's actually creative about the creators update. Like, I mean, the the uh, game stuff really isn't that creative, even though there's, like, Beam support, right? But Beam's just, like, a Twitch clone with uh, really good latency. Yep. Paint 3D, which is cool, I guess. You can make a lot of dank memes with it. Some dank 3D memes. (laughs) Yep. Definitely a lot of potential. Uh, But as of, it's not a... It's not a very big update in terms of major features. Yeah, there's I a lot think. of little things, though, right? Like they yeah, uh, a lot of little improvements. You don't longer yeah. need f dot lux or flux on your. Oh yes! Machine. Oh, I forgot about that. My favorite feature, uh, night shift, is it? No, it's night or light. Night, night light on night Windows because you can't call it night shift unless you get sued by Apple. Oh, that's true. Um, it's called night uh, night light. Um, it's a... basically if you use f flux, it it like turns your screen into a shade of orange mm-hmm. uh, as 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 the sunset, so it's easier on your eyes. Um, which is good. Uh, you don't need app.lux anymore, so which makes all operating systems that I use, I don't need a third-party utility for it anymore. Which is, which but, is the, but flux has the same color profile on all OSs, and I feel like if you're hopping from Windows to Mac OS to your iPhone or whatever, the color profile is going to be a little yeah, bit different. It's sli- it's, yeah, it's going to be slightly different. But, but uh, I mean, then again, if, if the change in font rendering doesn't bother you, I don't think it's yeah, bother you that much. Yeah, it's ma- differences between font rendering in Mac OS and Windows. Uh, it's big difference already. So, let's see, so they, I'm not too bothered by it. They also added dynamic lock, which is like, uh, it's an Android feature, actually. It's been just being copied for Windows, uh, where you can set oh, any okay. Bluetooth device where it's connected to the device. It will automatically unlock it and do a less secure 
unlock. You don't have to pull in your full password or anything, or you can even All have right. no password. Okay. You can just specify which devices you want in order to um, to access that feature. That's cool. And uh, let's see. There's just a lot of still rough edges in Windows. You know, like if Edge, for example, Control-Shift-T still won't reopen closed tabs. Uh, when things crash, it uses the default Windows crash handler, which is like 10 minutes of just it creating a crash dump, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a new issue. That's a legacy Windows issue. Yeah, there's just a lot of still legacy Windows stuff. And um, also, if you have some Atom devices, they are not supported yet because Intel just didn't make any drivers and there's a... Some right. corruption errors when you on your video side of things when you tried running the creators update. I haven't. I, I had updated my Surface Pro three. I don't know if it has the update yet. Um, I can force it to update, but I don't know if it has the drivers ready yet. Wait, no, Surface Pro three. Uh, that's an i three. It's a Surface three had the Atom. Oh, okay. So some. some yeah, I'm just PCs. saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, really, it's just the uh, next update's going to be six months ahead. It's going to be Redstone ahead. three code name, which by another maybe not the creators update, but the. The players update, I don't know. Players update. <laughs> it's it, it's going to coincide with Scorpio in the fall Xbox. It is going to coincide out. with Scorpio. Yes. So like I don't know, it's called the players update. It sounds like players a pretty good update. name. Sure, sure, why not? And just uh, have and bring the, back the, Brian Roper and have it called the players update. Just oh, have man. him on stage with Fedora, introduce it. Rest in peace, Brian. Roper. He didn't die. I'm just saying he's not at. Uh, he got laid off. He got laid off from Microsoft. A sad day for everybody. It really uh, was a sad day. Like I don't. They were doing everything so right, and then they just. They, I don't know. I don't know. So I, 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 we can't really comment. This, it's internal stuff. We don't know what's what's happening there. But uh, but speaking uh, about players, though, let's we'll shift over to a bunch of huge Scorpio news dropped this week. Yep, a uh, bunch of Scorpio news. Yep. It was nothing that like they didn't show any of the final hardware or anything like that. No, they essentially no, just invited not. a bunch of press outlet enthusiast press outlets well, to only cover the internals. one press. Only one press outlet to be No, Eurogamer and G Gamastra? I don't know how you pronounce that. Gamasutra? Gamasutra, oh, the Gamasutra yeah. was they, for the interview with Phil Spencer. They also got a look at the dev kit, though. Oh, they, they did get a look at the dev kit. That's true. Um, so Eurogamer yeah. slash Digital Foundry uh, and Gamasutra... Were invited um, out to invited look at Scorpio. And Scorpios. essentially, it's just uh, a, lot, a lot of tech specs, like... It it's it's real it's real deep. It's this this is the this is sort of uh, uh, a lot of people have been talking about this uh, on and off. Uh, this is a press release sort of for the hardcore of the hardcore nerds, like the the people who sort of fought over hardcore specs spec details. This is not a general press release for the general media. This like is basically, a, if if a, if you can sit through the. A9 or whichever is the latest Apple processor part of the Enantec iPhone review and understand yep. everything mm -hmm. in it. This is for you. Yep. Yeah, this is for you. This is this is all about the shaders. This is all about the processor cores. It's about the DirectX uh, optimizations, um, which is cool because DirectX 12 directly on a chip apparently uh, for the Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically it's like, if you ever seen that one meme with Patrick Starr being like, what if we do this and just put it in this? It's like yep. Microsoft was like, what if we just took a super high-end AMD chip and just optimized the shit out of it in an Xbox? Yep. And that's essentially what so, they did. So so the, their, their focus uh, sort of is 4K, which I, I'm not sure is um, very... Uh, I don't know if it's, it's a good focus to have right now. Uh, well, I think it's a good focus to have because if you can get 4K 30, then you can get 1080p 60 just fine. That's, or even better, true. you can get upscaled 1080p or upscaled 1440p 
to yes. 4K without losing that much, without it being a noticeable yeah. degradation. So, yeah. like, what they essentially were like, they're like, we want, actually, they didn't specify. They specified 4K as a target, but they didn't specify 4K 30 or 4K 60, which yeah, I think is important. Yeah, they didn't specify any frame rates, yeah. Because 4, 4K 60 versus 4K 30, that's a huge that is a power. big difference. Yes, that is a huge difference. Uh, I don't know even the hardware could do 4K60. It'd have to be like... Uh, I don't think any hardware at this point, uh, even on PC, can... Uh, on PC to do 4K60, I think you need two Titans cha- daisy-chained together, right? The possibly, dual- but it's not quite stable as, as a 4K. It's not like a very feasible sort of uh, goal yet for most people. Um, you, you'd have, have to have a very high-end PC. To well, I think we could hit 4K60 to do what... Cause Two titles on PC you can do it. Forza, the Apex, and Halo Five, the uh, the multiplayer demo thing that they have for mm-hmm. PC. But those two do it because they do dynamic resolution scaling. Yes, yes, which is going to be probably a big deal uh, coming on the Scorpio. Yeah, Microsoft's probably going to hand that over to a bunch of devs because at that point you could, in theory, hit 4K 60. Right, the game's going to be outputting at 4K, but it's going to be scaling all the resolution or all the assets on the fly. Yeah. To hit that 4K 60 target. Yeah, which which makes sense more to me because you don't want everything rendering at 4K all the time. That doesn't, um, it's not gonna help because stuff in the periphery is not. You don't need it to be uh, rendering at uh, the full resolution. Um, yeah, and then just... also too, for uh, 343 and uh, Turn 10 Studios, both Turn have 10. they both have yeah. really 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 optimized engines. Mm-hmm. Forza is a Forza is a good good game. Uh, Forza Horizon 3. Uh, the Xbox sale is the spring sale is on now, so if you haven't, if you don't have Forza Horizon Three, pick it up. Uh, I, rec- I recommend it. Highly if you if you like arcade racing, it's a good it's a good game, a very good game. Uh, it runs very well on PC as well, so if you're into that, uh, pick it up. So if you if you buy it uh, on Xbox One digitally, you get the PC version uh, as well because it's uh, it's a play anywhere title. Yep, so it's good stuff. So some some counter sort of. Uh, points. There's been some uh, talk about like they're, they're talking specs, but uh, where the games at? That's basically the uh, sort of counter. Where where where, where are the games? And I, the, to, to that I say it's not games time yet. It's not E3. But mm-hmm. um, well, even then too, is, right? It's uh in, in the interview with Phil uh, Spencer, right? Yeah, yeah. Phil Spencer. Yeah. I was about to say Phil Schiller. God, I am <laughs> I am tired right now. But in the interview though, he was essentially he was talking about. He's like he started by saying that I'm paraphrasing here because I do not have it open because what's homework? But he was paraphrasing how like it was a smart move for Nintendo to get into mobile because it shows that they know where their strengths are and it's in the games yeah. and not in creating the best hardware. Yeah, it's in yeah. creating the best games for the hardware mm-hmm. that they that they have available to them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, with us, it's about creating the services and the hardware that these services can run on. Right. And it's not about making the best games. I, I'm I'm i I'm a fan of Xbox Live services uh, as a whole. I think it's they're they're a better overall service than uh, mm-hmm. PSN at this point, really. Um, well, I mean, because uh, you have but, like an actual technology company running towards it, and then PSN's just a uh, PSN is like half outsourced, yeah, and like. It's... PSN's like a lot of uh, sort of weird stuff going on in the back. It's a, it's a top-down versus a bottom-up approach, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so Microsoft has a lot of service expertise, as in like uh, is like spec- like tech stuff uh, for their Azure division, mm-hmm. and from their they have a lot of good people working at Microsoft. Uh, the Xbox Live services are solid, uh, but 
which is which is just good which is a good base to start from but people are still going to be uh wondering because uh exclusives do sell games uh as much as we don't li- we don't like to think about that a lot um exclusives do sell games and, and the Xbox One uh has been sort of got a lot of bad press on the exclusive front uh at this point cuz all the exclusives Sk- have been like kind of hit or miss Quantum Break fun game n- not the best um, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a, it was best. a it was a low rent Uncharted kind of right with like it was it was a bit boring um, in my opinion like the live action stuff kind of hit but missed the missed the ball yeah and then there was uh, Recore which was uh, super buggy and played like a buggy. PS2 game in the best and yeah. the worst ways it had the best yeah. parts of a PS2 game and the worst parts of a PS2 game yeah. and so I mean it's even too they keep losing third party exclusive studios and all that. Uh, they lost Remedy. Speaking of Quantum Break, they yeah, just Remedy. lost Remedy at this point. Um, Remedy's said that their next game is going to be multi platform for PS4 as well. Um, but I think how they're looking at it though, right? They're they're looking at it more like like a technology company and not like a uh, a yeah, game. Yeah, they, they realize that the exclusives game has been lost, and there's no point in even too. It's uh, like it's a time sink. It's more of like it's like it's short term games versus long term games, right? You can pay a bunch of companies to make games, but it doesn't sell consoles. Like with the three sixty, they paid they had at least like ten contracts with JRP with uh, Japanese game studios to make JRPGs. Didn't mm-hmm. sell any in Japan. Yeah, the the Japanese market really doesn't buy the Microsoft consoles. Uh, yeah, so like, what's is... the point of paying a bunch of companies to make exclusives if at the end of the day you should end up losing out money on it? It's a much better mm-hmm. approach if you take it more like how Apple does iOS or how Google does Android, where it's like you make the best platform, you make the best hardware, and people will come mm-hmm. naturally. It takes yeah, that's, longer. That's true. That, it does. Microsoft also learned with Windows Phone, you, can't pay, you cannot pay people to make apps. It does not help the platform. Yeah, it's a, lose, it's a losing proposition long so, term. Um, exclusives do matter, but paying people to bring exclusives to your platform is a short-term um, solution that in the yeah. long term will probably end up fragmenting the market and hurting it more, especially if they're trying to make Xbox Live a services platform where it scales from mm-hmm. PC to Xbox. Because if most game companies, if they do not have Sony money, they're probably going to make a PC version. Yes. And if Microsoft makes it super simple to get that PC version running on Xbox, running on Scorpio. Yep. Because it's yep. essentially the same platform. Yeah. Then yeah. why then why do they need to pay for an exclusive yeah. then? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Uh, Microsoft is... Uh, Microsoft focusing on a lot of uh, developer advocacy, uh, which is good because, uh, like, they, they realize that just getting developers to like put their games on Xbox One uh, and Scorpio, uh, and, and using Play Anywhere to get it on the PC as well, like it's that's what that's where the, where they should be focusing really, not uh, not big titles, big exclusives. I mean, it has exclusive. It has Halo. It has. Uh, Gears of War. It has, uh, Forza. It has Forza, but then like that's it. And there's like there's that's Rare, it, there's yeah. Turn Ten, and there's Three Four Three, and there's yeah. a Coalition. Those are the four first party stu- dev studios at Microsoft yeah. right now. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're they're only keeping those four just because those are really good tech demos. Like I mean, yes. Forza is a great game, but Forza is also an amazing way. Forza Seven is probably what they're going to use to show off Scorpio, and it's yep, mostly going to look amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're also the studio that makes Crackdown. Crackdown. That hasn't. That, I don't know. Is there going to be a Crackdown game? I've Crackdown heard three about. has been um, has been delayed, but they never announced a release date for it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Crackdown three is that they're probably also waiting for Scorpio because yeah, remember when they originally yeah. announced it, right? It was that like it was running all on Azure. Yeah. Like all the destruction <laughs> physics and all that. So basically, it was only telling all the logic was um, not client side but server side. So it was yeah. just basically telling the client what to uh, render at that specific point in time. Yeah. Which is a really interesting way, but I feel like they yeah. probably ended up 
just just a random guess. They probably ran into latency issues and a bunch of other fun stuff. Yeah. So I feel like they're probably waiting until Scorpio. So my guess is that the game's taking so long to come out because they're trying to make most of the stuff client side. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's another argument for that's another debate for another day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's. I, I mean, I'm optimistic about the Xbox One One's future going forward. Um, I just. Like I like the games on the platform, but I also I also have a PS4, also have a PC. So at this point, I'm I'm basically I don't have any I'm not taking any sides on here because I'm yeah, equally I mean, bested uh, in everything except Nintendo at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, like Microsoft's plan, right? It's just basically they don't want you to have an Xbox and a PC. They would just rather if you just have one, but as long as you're using Xbox Live, as long as you're buying your games yes, through the Windows that's Store, the thing, that's, that's what the matters. thing that folks. Yeah, that's what matters. They want you on. Xbox Live service. They want you paying for Xbox Live Gold. Uh, they want you uh, buying games. They on, want you using the Xbox Game Pass whenever that shit, yes. right? Because yeah, that yeah. that's $50 a year, $10 a month. That's more than just a $400 games console you buy every yep. decade yep. or so. I, 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 they probably will take a loss on Scorpio. If they wanted to sell well, they're probably going to take a loss on I it. I think it's probably $400 or $500. It can be that much more than PS4 Pro. No, it has to be equivalent. Otherwise, it's it's gonna tank. It can't be too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but they're, they're probably gonna take a loss on it just to sell yeah. uh, consoles uh, and make too. money. Maybe on they won't. Because you remember the original Xbox One, they're able to get down a hundred dollars when they stopped shipping with the Connect. Yes, they did. But I don't know about the Scorpio. How much? How much they gonna be able to get it down with the hardware they have in there? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm hopeful. So, like, more importantly, though, right, this is shifts a shift in the console market, or this yes. shows a shift in the console market, where, yeah, like, definitely. we're switching more from the, like, we're switching more from, like, the Mac Pro to, like, an iPad or an iPhone, where it's, like, every year, every couple of years, a new model comes out, instead of yeah. once every decade, that's never yeah. touched upon again. Mm-hmm. There's more iterative, sort of, uh, it's a more of a PC model, like, you buy newer hardware, you buy, uh, so yeah, smartphones are probably a better example because of the price points. But mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how the market is going to react long term to. I think it's like going to be fine. It, phones are like that. So there's the original Xbox One. There's a One S or Scorpio. Let's say when the next Xbox comes out, they just drop support for the original Xbox One piece. It's already been ten plus years at that point. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it, and they just keep releasing new consoles every like three or so years. Like it's you're going to sell less volume of it. But then you just maybe charge a little bit more? Like, I don't know. Or you can have people can just use PCs at that point and update them whenever they want. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, that's the thing with PCs. Like, you, you, your hardware lasts for a pretty long time, and then you just upgrade whenever you need to. Yeah, that's how, so that's uh, how consoles are going to be. You just upgrade whenever mm-hmm. you want a new console, you get a new TV. Or maybe in 10 plus years when support is dropped from your console. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's how phones work. It's how computers work. That's mm-hmm. it's interesting because it's a major shift in... It's been a sort of like a thing about consoles where you buy a console, you just have it. Yeah, it's like consoles used to be specialized devices, like a DVD player or a VCR. And now they're more like general computer appliances. Yeah. They're more switching more to like the Chromebook sort of mobile model, which is fine. That's probably where it should go. It's probably for the best. Yeah. I hope it's better because consoles really like, like the way consoles used to be developed, like they used to be really behind with the hardware uh, sort of specs because of how they were designed and specced out years before they were released and stuff like that. Yep. But this should, this should alleviate sort of the performance stuff over time, I think. This should be good. Um, 
a little bit of a note, uh, Xbox One uh, is going to be adding uh, self-service refunds, um, like Steam does. Uh, two, two hours of gameplay uh, within two weeks, or two weeks, whichever is uh, first, I guess. Yep, and you can just go to uh, your... You have to dig into settings a little bit. You have to go to the account purchases, and then you can just request a refund there. It takes a little bit from the process it. But it's just like Steam, which is really, really good. Um, I yeah. really wish iOS had this feature. Yes, yeah. That's uh, this a good feature. Android, uh, the Google Play Store also has it too. Google Play yeah. is also two hours as well. It used to be 15 minutes, and they bumped it up to two hours. Two hours, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good feature to have, you know. Uh, more consumer-friendly practices, unlike, yes. you know... Unlike this Nintendo's whatever they're calling their fifth or sixth implementation of an online store. Oh lord. Or or Sony's store, which doesn't even let you use your debit card to buy things, right, man? Oh, <laughs> um, like I I wasn't gonna go into that, but like um, this is a thing. Like um, this is a problem that's been happening. It's not a new problem either. It's been happening for a while now. Um, so the PSN store, if you buy games um through directly with your credit card. They have some weird anti-fraud system where if your if your account gets marked as possibly fraudulent or whatever, um, your purchase on all purchases on your account get blocked for like twenty four to forty eight hours, um, and there's no method around it. Support can't help you with it; like they can't override it. Um, yep. It's just it's just a, like you'd have to buy. You have to Amazon go to Amazon, g- right, and buy like the digital Sony card thing, and just also apply the also those th- those cards are not sold in Canada. Like you can't get those. Oh like, shit! So you have to yes, you, or you so have to like go to a physical store. I would have to buy a physical copy if I wanted to buy a game that was uh, uh, like I I was uh, trying to buy near Automata, um, um, and it was like refu- it refused me for a whole day. I tried again the next day with with uh, with adding my PayPal to it, uh, and then trying that then it that it worked. The error message doesn't tell you anything about it. Like you'd have to Google to find out that this is like an actual issue that people have. Like there's there's nothing on the support side about it. It's it's, it's bad. It's it's not good at all. Like I don't even know like why this is a thing. How this is a thing? Like in 2017, like what the hell? Oh Sony, but um, things that we are we still wonder why they are a thing in twenty seventeen. We uh, Ubuntu, why is it still uh, a thing? Oh uh, well, uh, Ubuntu news. Uh, let's let's get it like sort of like summarize. Uh, so you um, Unity, the desktop environment for Ubuntu, is is dead. Um, the the last release, sixteen oh four. Seventeen. Sorry, that's seventeen oh four. Came out today. <laughs> Came out today with uh, with Unity, and that's the last version of uh, Ubuntu Desktop that's going to be coming out. Uh, yep, with, they're uh, going back to GNOME. Um, going back to GNOME. But more importantly, Mirror is dead. Uh, the, the lower the lower level telephony stack they're working is dead on. Yeah. The phone stuff is dead. Their yep. weird QT sort of like um, app system is dead. Ubuntu yep. TV is dead. Ubuntu yep. tablet is dead. The whole convergence yep. thing is dead. A lot of their dev tooling stuff is dead. Most of it's going to be pushed up to upstream projects, but it's as it exists right now, it is dead. Canonical has laid off a bunch of people. They're seeking outside funding right now. And what yep. they're pushing is Ubuntu on the server and their yes. Docker um, competitor because those two are the only successful products they have right now and their partnership with Microsoft by putting yep. um, Ubuntu into Windows. This is... <sighs> 
they essentially like they what their problem is is that way back when they decided to go against the community when it when it came to shipping because no one really liked Mirror or the idea of Unity in that like yes, it yeah. bridging off into its own thing. Mm-hmm. Because Gnome and KDE already have their own established technology stacks, which on the yeah. lower level they end up sharing things with each other, even though Qt and GTK are different and yeah. sort of a higher level. But yeah. the whole Wayland um, system D, all that stuff is shared between <laughs> them, right? But Ubuntu wanted to go towards their own thing. And yeah. uh, they didn't have the funding to support it. They didn't have the hardware support. They didn't have the carrier support. They were on their own fighting an upstream battle, and it bit them in the ass. It really did. This is this is sad. This is a sad day for me. Really, like it's honestly Ubuntu was the Ubuntu was how sort of I came into all this computer stuff. Really, Ubuntu. Oh yeah, uh, nine point ten man with uh, this week in Linux. <laughs> Twill. Uh, first time um, I encountered Ubuntu was actually a magazine. I think it was PC World. Uh, back in the day when I used to read magazines like that. Uh, yeah. PC World. They had they had a disc with I think a copy of Ubuntu. Uh, I think it was Ubuntu 8.04 um, was was the, the the first Ubuntu distro I uh, installed on my desktop, dual boot uh, from Windows Vista, I think, or whatever. Um, oh, man, that was the first time I got into Linux, and here we are all these years later. Ubuntu is, like, it, like I don't support a lot of decisions Ubuntu has made, Canonical has made throughout the years, but... I feel like Ubuntu as a whole has brought a sort of awareness of uh, sort of open source culture, open source uh, ethos, and sort of sort of a sort of a rekindling, a sort of a making it mainstream sort of stuff into the sort of just general consciousness of uh, of the world. It's just it's good stuff. I think Ubuntu server is really good. Uh, I think that's a good thing to focus on uh, yep. long term. Um, that's what the money is really um, in enterprise stuff. Uh, I hope Ubuntu desktop is, is is not entirely in maintenance mode after this uh, at this point. I don't know how it's gonna be. Well, at this uh, point, hope... they're just doing a, they're doing a default GNOME desktop, a little customization, but he wasn't. Well, I think which which is fine in my opinion. Uh, Linux desktop users can do whatever they want to it by themselves. It's not a big deal. Um, it's uh, as long as it's updated properly, as long as it's not broken. Um, yeah, it's 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 fine. It's fine because Linux users always, you know, they they, they can tolerate a little bit of uh, jankiness, uh, as it were. Um, and I never really liked Unity that much, but I I, I there are people, some people who do uh, like it, and I, and I feel bad for them because <laughs> it's another UI change, and nobody likes to change their UI again. What's more uh, important is why are they going back to GNOME, and why can't they just use KDE? Because KDE is better. Oh, that's, that was probably a whole discussion unto itself. I don't want to get into the whole KDE versus GNOME thing because that's uh, that's like inviting Linux users to knock down your door. Yeah. Uh, but what's, what's uh, more sad about this, it's not even the desktop stuff. Cause, I mean, desktop Linux, desktop Linux. Like, if you're not using OpenSUSE, you're not doing it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what what is sad, though, is now there is no longer any open source phone system with open drivers. With you no know that's a good point. Blob. Yeah, that that I yeah. mean, like maybe it's, it really doesn't matter. Like at some sort of like theoretical level, but I don't know. I just feel like it's not right because at least at desktop, I I threw Ubuntu on this. I threw um, OpenSUSE on it. There's no binary blobs in my system. It's everything's open source. It's well, I mean, there's probably a, some small. Uh, there's binary a bit blobs of binary blobs. Maybe some of the drivers. Yeah, some uh, of the drivers, right? 
but there's nothing that's even close to being RMS approved, you know? Yeah. And that's that's sad, you know? We need we need that open source sort of... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Player. Like, they really... I like the Ubuntu phone stuff, they really try. Like, uh, if... if uh, uh, listen to the Bad Voltage podcast, uh, which is good. Uh, they, they, they talked a lot about Ubuntu phone and sort of, like, the whole problem with it was... The, was getting support from because to to make a phone successful you need multiple levels of support so you need support from manufacturers like OEMs you yep. need you need support from carriers all over the world which is not an easy thing to do carriers are very sort of territorial when it comes to do stuff like this uh, you you got to get support from like regulatory bodies and stuff like that it's a whole mess like uh, like when it comes to phones, it's not one thing that's a that's a problem. It's multiple sort of things that sort of add up together and become a huge sort of uh, wall that blocks Ubuntu from going anywhere, right? Yep. At, the, at this point, Android and iOS, uh, Android basically is, owns the mobile market at this point, um, uh, with iOS being the second one. Uh, like at this point, people have said if there is space for a third party at this point. I don't know if there is space. Like if they can gain enough momentum uh, to get themselves going, and if, if Ubuntu really tried and they couldn't get it going, uh, I don't know if any other company at this point would. Because uh, uh, now, now let's start listing the name of failed and dead open source uh, uh, phone oh, operating yeah. systems. Right, we have what's it called? Migo Memo? dead. Memo, Memo yeah. dead. Yeah. Tizen dead. What's you know? It's weird. All last, all three of those things are essentially forks of each other. Yeah. Intel's thing before Memo Amigo, which I do not remember the name of, dead. Ubuntu phone, dead. Jala, Salafish, dead. Um, not Boxy, but the, uh, no, that was an Android folk, Android folk, never mind. But, like, that's five things so far, and then there's probably been a bunch of, like, third little small upstarts. Firefox OS, was was that for mobile? Yeah, Firefox um, OS, dead. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, everybody was I would be as sad about it, because... It, at the very least, you always go with like you always think of like the open source ones as like the, the privacy minded operating system. And like it's not but even at least we that. Have I iOS think for that. The only one that really got anywhere was Ubuntu. Really, like the Ubuntu phone. Like they had a shipping phone. Yeah, they actually shipped hardware well, with, with the OS too, on. But Firefox was um, not good. Yeah, that that was like like Ubuntu's gotten the most like uh, out of the everybody who's tried so far. Uh, which kudos to them, but like it's it's just not enough long term. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm concerned about the financial status of Canonical, really. Like, oh no, um, yeah, Canonical has only been funded by Shuttleworth's own money. So yeah, which is running funded. out at this point, I think. Because yeah, it's uh, running out. That's what he's saying. So it's basically like right now, their source of income is uh, support contracts for service side stuff and Microsoft. Yeah, yeah that's um, yeah, that's what, not what, good. What makes me more sad is that because, like, at least Red Hat's going strong. But at this point, um, Google is probably the biggest maintainer of Linux right now, in, yeah, in, Red Hat. in, in meaningful yeah. ways. I I feel like um, what people were talking about a while back about Canonical being bought out by a third party, which is seeming to be more possible, because if they if they do get outside VC funding, that basically means that ownership of Canonical is going to be uh, spread out, and uh, like yeah. shareholders are going to have. Uh, say into what uh, Canonical does long term. So uh, I don't know, like Red Hat had a business model that they had going. They'd still have its strong business model. Uh, 
I don't know how it's gonna be for Canonical, like how much they can sort of sustain the projects, even the Ubuntu desktop as a whole. Uh, yeah, just I'm very just I'm optimistic, but at the same time I'm cynical uh, whenever stuff like VC funding comes into play, yep. because uh, VCs are uh, short-minded, short-term, goal-oriented, um, as it seems. Um, and also so, usually sexist, you know. Just, just want to throw. Oh, it that's in there. yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's an that's an entire topic. Like, oh god. Oh, but it's man. just it's just sad. But although this this 2017 trend of people um, focusing more on desktop computing is real strange. I, I didn't think it hit. Yeah. I thought I thought they were dead, but apparently not. You know. Yeah, I mean, desktop computing's uh, sort of stabilized at this point. Uh, I think. This, People don't get as excited as uh, desktop stuff uh, yeah. comes out, which which is why the creators update was just basically like, oh yeah, it's out now, whatever. Yeah, but um, uh, it's already been removed from the Ubuntu website, you know. <laughs> all the uh, uh, all the mentions of that. Speaking um, of uh, desktop updates, the Mac OS update there was a big Mac OS update. Um, oh yeah, ten dot twelve dot four. It was not a major update. It brought in like the. It brought in also night, night light or night night shift. shift yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and a new Swift update and some Xcode stuff. But this is a developer podcast, so uh, we yeah, don't need go to get listen into to, that. Uh, go listen to one of the developer podcasts people should be listening to. Dev, uh, developer podcast. Ooh, off the top of my head, real quick, real quick. We'll edit this out. <laughs> edit this waiting part out while I scramble to my phone. Um, a developer podcast is to do a Swift Unwrapped. It's a really good one. That's what mm-hmm. I like. It's with an Instagram engineer and someone who works at Realm. Right, it's cool. Uh, there's also the the Marco Armand and uh, David, uh, I think. David um, Smith underscore David Smith, as I know on underscore. Twitter, as a, <laughs> as a, a develop no under the radar. Under the radar, it's thirty. It's right it's now. thirty minutes. It's really good. Uh, they talk about all kinds of stuff, not just like programming. They talk about stuff like accounting, um, advertising your app, stuff like that. So if you're a, if you're an iOS developer, uh, you might you might be interested in that uh, sort of thing. Yep. Uh, um, also, yeah, that's that's basically it for this. I don't think we have anything else this week to talk about. No, nope, that's oh. it. Um, we are, uh, as, as always, you can find the show notes at twoshadesofbrown.com. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Josephine. Um, you can send feedback uh, to contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. And I'm not really on Twitter anymore, but that's a topic for next week. You can find me on uh you can find me on the Fediverse, as so to speak, uh, Mastodon. I hate you. Uh, no, that's the word. Um, uh, static safe at mastodon.zombocloud.com. Just find me. Um, uh, yeah, so you can contact me, contact us over email, and you can find me on Mastodon. Uh, so that's it for this week. Bye. Bye.